Hi, and welcome along to the second episode of this two-part series. We've gone along to the Amersham campus of the Amersham and Wickham College, where we're joining around 40 students who are asking questions to representatives from five main political parties. Alan Stevens, who's a prospective parliamentary candidate, is representing UKIP. Kirsten Johnson, who is a prospective parliamentary candidate, is representing the Liberal Democrats. Alan Booth, who is a district councillor for the Chesham and Amersham area, is representing the Green Party. Ben Davis, who is a prospective parliamentary candidate, is representing Labour. David Watson, who is a district councillor for the Flackwell Heath and Little Marlow area, is representing the Conservatives. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, David was unable to join us for the debate. Um, anybody on this side? Does anyone on this side have any have any questions? Yes. Um, how necessary do you think it is to keep spending lots of money on nuclear weapons each year? And how much are we actually spending as well? Okay. Did you did you get that? Um, so the question was, uh, how necessary do you feel it is to spend uh, lots of money on nuclear weapons? Um, and also, are you aware of how much is actually being spent? Right. No, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure what the yeah. Okay, super. Uh, does anybody want to want to take that? To be um, yeah. I think the proposed cost of replacing Trident is something like 100 billion pounds or something, which is an awful lot. Any other sum we ever talk about is the cost of HS2, which will presumably we get there eventually as well. To which, by the way, UKIP is proposed. Um, I think UKIP is proposing, nevertheless, to replace Trident uh, on the basis that. Um, they feel it necessary that the country have an ultimate deterrent. Uh, um, the, problem, the thing about nuclear weapons is that uh, it is arguable that they have served to prevent very large-scale war since the end of the Second World War, uh, because basically the threat of getting into a war with a nuclear power has been too serious for people to willingly undertake it, so although they're very unpleasant, I think on balance our policy is to continue to have them. Uh, although I would love to find that some other system other than Trident would work, because it's Fabulous expensive, fundamentally under the control of another power, i.e. the Americans. And it represents a terrible overkill. I, I don't know how much money is spent on the nuclear deterrent every year. It's basically going to be somewhere in the Navy estimates because it's obviously carried in a, a specific force of, I think, four submarines that do nothing else apart from Trident. So I'd expect to find that it's a surprisingly large amount in the sort of billion or two billion plus category each time. Um, I. Uh, profoundly sceptical about military procurement of all kinds, and uh, I think actually we have some quite good expertise in UK about how you would uh, improve it. I mean, for example, every time the UK government buys equipment, it spends three or four times as much as some other army in the world does. So the whole thing is a bit of a mess, I'm afraid, but not an excuse for disarming, I'm afraid. Okay, thank you. Yes? Uh, I'm a reluctant supporter of retaining the nuclear deterrent. Uh, it's partly framed probably by when I grew up. Because when I was a kid, one of the one of the uh, I was born in 1971, and one of the, the, the key things that was in people's minds all the time was the Cold War and, and the threat of uh, annihilation by uh, 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 you know the Soviets, and and, and we had a, a large uh, um, we had a large defence capability that was nuclear, as did the Americans, the French, and so on. Uh, and the reason we had it was because of Lucas, really, but they had it, and 
Um, if, you, if you look at your history, basically Europe was divided and East Germany was the boundary point for uh, the Soviet bloc, you know, the, the, the Warsaw Pact countries and uh, the Western countries. And so Labour had this kind of weird political kind of period where it sort of offered up a unilateral policy in 1983 and we got our biggest defeat ever. That wasn't the only reason, actually. Um, our manifesto is called the longest suicide note in history by uh, uh, some wit. Um, but um, but I, I think actually at the moment there's a reason to retain our nuclear weapons, and I'm afraid it still sits in Russia, because the, the sort of the march of Russian nationalism, they still have enormous nuclear capability, um, is such that I, I fear that if we can't match them, then we may expose ourselves to uh, conventional uh, war. And on defence war generally, uh, I'd just like to say that uh, one of my greatest regrets about Labour in power last time was the Iraq war. Uh, it was a, a totally unjustified war. Uh, many of us in the Labour Party, like many of the people in the population, uh, were opposed to it. And although I value very much Britain's place in the world, uh, uh, and I'm very much an internationalist, uh, I, I feel that uh, that is something that I can't say sorry enough for. Okay, thank you. Alan? I think to directly answer your question, I think it's about, with the new proposals for replacing Trident, it's about £4 billion a year. Uh, with a total spend of £110 billion over the 30-year lifetime of the proposed system, which is replacing like-for-like like on four boats, uh, so that there's a constant two-boats-at-sea policy. Um, the Green Party is opposed to Trident. Uh, the Green Party is opposed to nuclear weapons and would, pr would promote uh, multilateral disarmament. Um, in NATO, um, I think there are 27 member states and 24 of them don't have nuclear weapons. Um, there's, so you can continue as a member of NATO with that umbrella shield, even if you don't agree uh, with continuing. Well, I mean, you would have the nuclear umbrella protecting you from, from the US. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to suggest that we can match the Russians on warheads anyway. Uh, I think uh, each missile has 15 warheads, and uh, the Russians have thousands. Um, so I would also take issue with uh, the fact that it's nuclear weapons that have prevented large-scale war, particularly in Europe. Um, sorry, <laughs> because the question's right in front, I'm directly answering it here. I'd take issue with the fact that uh, we've not had large-scale war in Europe as a consequence of nuclear weapons. I think it's been more as a direct result of uh, what Churchill proposed, which uh, was effectively what the European Union has become. Um, that's been the body that's prevented um, most war in Europe, uh, even if we have, we're seeing it now in the Ukraine and we saw it before in the Balkans. Does everybody know what the Soviet Union is? My eldest is 15 and I tried to talk to him about the Soviet Union and the Cold War and they, he has no clue what's going on. Do, do, you know what, that's a really good question. do you know what that was all about? Yeah, yeah. No, most people don't know. It's uh, yeah. When we grew up, when I'm 46, um, you know, um, and all through my teens, it was like you know, nuclear annihilation is is uh, it's just you know, four minutes away at all times. Um, so there was this general consensus that um, that we had to have them, um, but it's a con, a long con. The Soviet Union was basically an empire uh, uh, run by the Russian uh, communist government, and it was, they occupied a number of different countries in Europe, uh, and uh, repressed people's liberties, and a lot of the economic situation we have in 
uh, Eastern Europe uh, and so on that uh, causes people to seek opportunities here uh, is about that. And by the way, I welcome those people. Okay, that's definitely something to, to research and, and look at yourselves when you've got, uh, got some time. Sorry, so go the, no, that's okay. I was just going to give you the Liberal Democrat point of view here. <coughs> uh, we want to work towards a world with no nuclear weapons. And Liberal Democrat Party policy is to scale back on Trident, to not replace all four, but to replace two out of the four, and not to have constant patrols, but only have patrols when there's heightened security alerts. That's the party policy. My personal point of view is that I think nuclear weapons are immoral. I grew up on military bases. My father was in the Marine Corps, and I grew up um, in various places in the States, as well as Okinawa, Japan. And I know what it's like to be um, a, in, in a military household, and civilian life was very, very strange for me as, as a kid, because I always had my ID card to go on and off base. So I, I understand why we need military. I understand the sacrifices um, our armed forces make to preserve and protect this country. But from my personal point of view, nuclear weapons is not the way forward. They're absolutely horrific. We should get rid of them as soon as we can, and I'd like to our country to lead in that by, by getting rid of them. Um, we need to look at the causes of war, and the causes of war are um, tackling poverty and inequality, and look at why, how we can make the world as a whole a safer place so that we don't have to get into these battles with who has the most nuclear weapons and not. And it's only through working internationally through Europe, through NATO, through the United Nations, and developing relationships that we can actually work to make the world a safer place. Okay. Can Thank I, you. Uh, sorry, just a really important thing yep. to add, because I want to bash the Tory that's not here. Because the Tory, if, 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 if they were here, would said to say that you know it's a really important thing that we retain nuclear weapons to, but basically for the defence of the realm. And for most of this Parliament, we haven't even had an aircraft carrier. So if we're looking to reasons why the Russians are suddenly flying around the coastline and, and trying to like nip in and out of uh, our territorial airspace, it's because we don't have an aircraft carrier. And that's you know a pretty basic failing in a, a modern defence system. Well, I just wanted to sort of cut in there, just just to say that um, obviously David isn't isn't hasn't been able to to make it, so uh, he isn't able to defend uh, himself with that one. Um, so you know that's that's absolutely fine, um, but he's not here to to defend his corner. So um, just bear that in mind. Thank you. I just wanted to say that there was a reference to Russian planes flying around our This is all to do with the confrontation in the Ukraine, uh, and confrontation in Ukraine has been triggered by American and EU efforts actually to displace a democratically elected, although no doubt very unpleasant government in the Ukraine, and replace it with a different regime, thereby exposing the very great weaknesses inside the Ukrainian state and starting just giving Putin the opportunity to start mucking around as he has been. So although uh, I'm happy to subscribe to the view that the EU has helped to avoid large-scale warfare in the post-war period, I think there's a material danger that this kind of ever greater imperial scope of the EU system as it gets bigger and bigger is actually in danger of dragging us into conflicts with which we would otherwise have nothing to do. And also, by the way, UKIP is really an opponent of foreign wars. I'm very proud of the way that Nigel Farage, for example, helped stop the war that Cameron wanted to start in Syria, a war incidentally where we would have ended up fighting alongside people who have now become IIS. It's quite extraordinary how muddled uh, the policy has been and we are very much aware how much damage intervention in the affairs of other countries, particularly the Middle East, is caused. I think okay. Miliband should get a lot of credit for not going to war. Yeah, that's true. I think it is in the UK. Okay, thank you very much. Right, we'll move on.
Um, okay, does anybody else have uh, any questions? I see a couple of hands. Where should we? Well, I'll come over here and then we'll come back back to you if that's okay. Oh, sorry. Um, I just wanted to know how your party intended on funding all of your promises. Okay. Do you want to? Is there anyone you want to particularly start with? No, any of them. Okay. Right, well, I'll, I'll take up on that. Um, it's an extremely good question. I think it's fair, basically, although we've had a semblance of normality over four or five years, what we've had is a government that has basically borrowed more and more money in order to fund everything looking normal. So basically, we've got to the point where enough, the national debt in nearly is equivalent to the entire sum of economic production each year. I, I, I don't quite know how to explain this to you. People sort of know it's bad that they're in debt, but they don't kind of know the magnitude. So I suppose since the last election, one could say that every individual is sort of more than £10,000 more in debt personally. And at some point, you lot will be asked to pay it off. So that's one way of looking at it. Um, the politicians have been merrily adding to debt rather than making uh, decisions about what the state is actually for. Uh, and I think it's to a very large extent wasting large sums on it. So there are constant stories these days. Uh, about the amount of money that is wasted in government service, so it is a real problem. UKIP's advantage is that, is that most of its policies, or many of its policies, happen to be policies to get rid of spending, and therefore they don't have the same funding problem. We've put forward a properly costed uh, manifesto. We're supposed to get out of the EU, we're supposed to get out of HS2, we're supposed to uh, get rid of most of foreign aid other than disaster relief and humanitarian stuff. And uh, we have a number of changes, and we envisage a change to the Barnet formula, and therefore reducing transfers of money from England to Scotland. And these policies are all cuts. There's a great tent temptation, particularly in an election like this, where most parties don't actually really know what their vision for Britain is, just to go around promising to do more, right? And I think it's, I think it's fair to say of every party that they're not addressing the debt problem enough. The debt problem is, there's, there's, a, there's a line in a Hemingway book, I think, where one of the characters is described as being bankrupt. Another guy says, so how did that happen? How did you become bankrupt? And, he, and the guy said, bankrupt says, well, first of all, gradually, and then suddenly. Okay? <laughs> what happens with this debt is it piles up and it piles up, and uh, we're still a long, some ways off being as bad as Italy and Greece, okay? But another five years of this, right? another five years of this elite trying to shovel things under the, under the carpet and not really grappling with this problem will take you to a position where you could be in a similar position to Greece. Now, why should you care about that? Well, Greece has 50% youth unemployment, and its people are being more or less crushed, particularly in the private sector. So what you've got is a steady tendency by the politicians not to face up to this issue of how to pay for government and what government should be doing. Okay, thank you. Um, if we could... Um uh, yes, yeah, yeah, so, sorry, go on. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always interesting when uh, uh, UK tries to trade themselves as the outsiders. Of course, Nigel Farage uh, has been a professional politician for 20 years. I mean, I was a BBC journalist, I interviewed him a long time ago, uh, 2000, uh, uh, when he was uh, free green leader. So he's been around a long time, uh, taking EU money and uh, uh, reflating his party. Um, how would we spend, uh, 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 guarantee our spending pledges? Well, it's quite simple. Unlike the Tories, our plans are completely costed. And if you, don't, if you don't believe me, okay, see the kind of treatment we get from the non-domain press here. Yeah? We couldn't afford to put up a promise that we hadn't costed. So we're going to pay for our NHS pledges that I was, talk, was talking about earlier by uh, putting a tax on houses, houses like yours probably, that are worth more than £2 million. Um, uh, Are you referring to, sorry? Is your, no, your house. I've seen this one time. But... Um, your, your, uh, we'll also, we'll also uh, increase income tax um, uh, for people earning £150,000 
uh, we'll put it up to 50%. We'll have a, a levy on tobacco companies, um, and we'll also uh, target the, uh, uh, the, the waste that has happened in terms of the reorganisation in the NHS. So we have a completely uh, funded and costed uh, set of policies, uh, and you can look uh, and, and, and check, cross-check them for yourself. Okay, thank you. Um, Shall I go next? Yeah. Right. So I'm very, very proud of what Danny Alexander has actually done in government because today our deficit, which is how much we spend versus how much actually we're bringing in, is half what it was back in 2010. And Lib Dems have a plan. It's all on our website if you want to look at the details. But that we will get rid, rid of the budget deficit by 2017-2018. We found a way to do it. Okay. Now, from 2017-2018, we will only spend within our means. We'll only spend for the money coming in for the money that needs to go out. But we will also invest in infrastructure, and we will fully fund the NHS. We will fully fund education from 2 to 19 years old. We will fully fund our international aid budget, which is 0.7%, and we will also protect pensioners um, and keep the triple lock in place. So we have a middle road where we're not going to cut as much as the Conservatives who are planning on cutting £12 billion in the welfare budget. We're not going to spend as much as Labour. He says his plans are costed, but I am worried about the extra spending that Labour is planning. We really do need to balance the books. I cannot emphasize that enough. Our current, um, our current deficit is almost $1.5 It's huge, okay? So we need to be responsible with our nation's finances. Yes, we're going to increase um, non-dom charges. We're going to cut back on tax loopholes. We've already cut back on 42 loopholes, and we're going to do even more on that. Um, and there's different tax avoidance measures we'll put in place. We're going to actually introduce some, some criminal charges for people who are avoiding tax so that they can't escape from their crimes. Um, and we're going to increase um, taxes on the wealthy, so we're going to cut the winter fuel allowance, we're going to cut um, the, for, for higher rate taxpayers, we're also going to cut a free TV license for people who pay higher rate of tax, and we're going to introduce a high value property levy. So there are costed measures in place about how we're going to fund this, and you can trust Liberal Democrats that we will develop a stronger economy so that we can have a fairer society, with everybody having opportunities. Okay, thank you. Alan? Um, okay, um, the deficit is not the issue, it's, it's a distraction, it's a smokescreen. Um, debt has always been a huge part of, of the national finances, um, and especially during periods of downturn. Um, governments traditionally, uh, over the past 150 years, have spent money when the private sector doesn't, uh, because they're worried about their profits. Uh, so. The, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neocon consensus that we need to balance the books. We've never balanced the books. The debt has always grown. During this parliament, it has doubled, um, which makes um, George Osborne the worst chancellor in history uh, from that point of view, and um, worse than uh, any Labour chancellor. I think he's doubled the, the debt that he's, he's piled onto the economy in terms of uh, percentage is, is, is both of the worst Labour governments in, in history. And we're still ticking over, but we're only ticking over. The problem we face is, is, is growth. Um, we have had anemic growth. Don't, you know, don't, if, you look at, if you look at every, every, if you look at every year since 1993, 
The past five years, we've had worse growth than every year since 1993, and that's including two recessions. So we're going nowhere, we're treading water, and that's because we're not spending any money. Um, austerity didn't work during the Japanese financial crisis during the 90s. My background is in financial journalism, I used to work for the Wall Street Journal during the 90s. It didn't work then, they lost 10 years. It didn't work in the Great Depression in the 30s. You need to spend money if you're a government, especially during the economic downturn. But, to answer your question, uh, we'll cancel Trident HS2 and that's £200 million. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers. Right, okay. Um, who was it who had their hand up over here? Yes. Um, sorry, before you, you ask, uh, we've got a little under 10 minutes left. So, hopefully, we need, we need to fit in as many questions as we can. Um, so, please keep your answers as short as possible, but as detailed as possible at the same time, if you can. Uh, fox hunting, badger culling. Um, <laughs> Do you like killing key fuzzy animals or are you against it? <laughs> Did everybody get that? Yeah? There's some sort of what national campaign. campaign okay, um, we'll start, oh, sorry, we'll start, we'll start with, um, <laughs> with, with Alan. I, I, I heard fox hunting and badger hunting, for or against it? Uh, for or against it? Yeah, as a sport, sorry. Uh, that the point that was made was that that, that badgers that badgers get a bad press. So um, so let, let's, let's let's let us let us let Alan Alan answer the question. Comparing a human to uh, an animal bluff is, is killed because uh, to make crops grow better or stop tuberculosis in other badgers or cows, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so are you for or against uh, badger hunting, fox hunting, that sort of thing? Against. Absolutely party, not personally, because I'm sure against. with your, I'll show you all the into that. Okay, so as, as a Green Party representative? Against. Against. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alan? Okay, I think the eco policy is that some decisions like these are usefully uh, passed on to local uh, referenda because there are areas of the country where people are still upset about uh, the fact that fox hunting is being banned, and I think the current arrangements are rather odd, actually. And therefore, I think we'd let people decide. I personally wouldn't agree uh, fox hunting at all, but I know that other people regard it as part of the, part of the fabric of their life. Okay. Kirsten? Um, I'm against fox hunting, and I've signed whatever national petition it is against cruelty to animals generally. Um, I think when it comes to badger culling, if it's in uh, to protect against disease, then there, there's room for that, but it should be done in a humane way, so with reservations on that one. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, so uh, Labour brought in the uh, legislation, the very controversial legislation to outlaw <coughs> fox hunting. Um, I, I would not vote for the hunt fox hunting to be uh, made legitimate again. There's no scientific evidence uh, that badger culling does any good at all to prevent the spread of t tuberculosis. I'm against that too. I also eat free range meat, and I'm against animals being kept in uh, uh, factory farm conditions too. Um, so I think it's about time we had some humanity about animals as well as about ourselves. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, um, any more questions? Uh, let's go over here at the back. Is it still possible to stop HS2? Is it still possible to stop HS2? 
Um, would you like to put that to anyone in particular? Or? Yeah, well, Cheryl Gillens says not. We had a hustings with her uh, in Chen. I'll just put her abuse uh, she's not here. Um, uh, we had a hustings with her at Tresham uh, Grammar, and she said that no, basically she thought it was a done deal. Um, my party, as you probably know, uh, has taken the position that they are in favour of HS2. I am not in favour of HS2. It's not because I live in the Lisbon Valley. Um, it's because I feel very strongly that the economic case is not strong. And if the environmental case uh, uh, rules have been applied to HS2 that have been applied to HS1, I don't think we've got this far. Uh, there is a railway that runs through the centre of the UK uh, that was taken out of commission uh, uh, back in the early 60s that could be recommissioned uh, and freight could be taken off the road. And we could, we've got the infrastructure there that we could uh, use uh, without causing the massive uh, expense and dis disruption that HS2 will cause. There are people in the Labour Party looking at that option at the moment. And I know also that there, uh, there are other people in the party who have said, uh, Ed Walsh has said that if we, leave, um, if we uh, look at it again and it's too expensive when we get in, that we may ditch it. But I'm not going to stand here and say that's going to happen because that would be dishonest. I don't know it's true. The Labour view is... The Labour... I just said what Labour view is. The Labour view yeah. is for Yes, that's right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, well, um, look, UKIP is against it. It's got a clear manifesto from it. It's always been against it. The local Tories like to pretend that we somehow weren't at some point. The local Tories also like to present, pretend that they're sort of all really against it, but they really couldn't do anything. But the fact of the matter is that the local Tories also aren't here and can't. No, no, look, I, I know they want to. So that's he fine. But agree, no, you can agree on. with me. <coughs> it's not the BBC. There's never going on by local politicians to say that they sincerely you know, or otherwise oppose it, but actually the parties that really mean to bring it to an end are UK and the Greens. It is an absolute rubbish project, as Ben has said quite rightly, there were in fact especially good proposals which I was involved with to put in uh, much better and more sensible capacity, and there are lots of other ways of dealing with the problem. Can it be stopped? Yes, because the government system is going to need at least 30 billion of cuts, they all know it, probably more, and one of the easiest things to do is to knock HS2 on the head, and I agree with the Labour Party that's the best moving to do it, and I sincerely hope he does. So you can back me and get rid of HS2. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the simple answer is, yes, you vote for a political party that says uh, they're going to stop HS2. I mean, if you continue to vote for political parties that say are going to, you know, back it, then obviously you are going to, to get what you vote for. What was your position last election on the HS2? You were in favour of it? I wasn't. Yeah, I believe that's right. Then. So it's usually changed the deal. I mean, the, the situation in the UK is that 80% of the transport spend is in London. Um, you know, 24 times, uh, 24 times as much money is spent per capita in the South East on public transport and trains than is in Newcastle. HS2 isn't going to get people out of cars and onto trains. There needs to be other spending away from the South East, which is very well served with railways, uh, into the other, into the other the centres around the country. And they need to be connected up, and it needs to be done in a more sensible way. From the Liberal Democrats' point of view, can I? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Oh, yeah, I was going to try to pop it to um, The local Liberal Democrats are completely against it. Children Liberal Dems have been against it all along. Um, the National Party still is for it. But if I were to be elected, I would be against it. I recently had a letter published in the Buckinghamshire Free Press with um, Peter Jones, who sat at the back there, who's leading the Dem on Children, um, Children District Council. Um, welcoming the Lord's Report, which um, questions the finance financial case for it as well as the um, Labour report in the House, the House of Commons sorry, Select Committee uh, run by Labour MP Sharon Bowles who questioned the economic case for it. So we have 
huge concerns about the money side of it, as well as the fact that it's going through an area of uh, outstanding natural beauty. So the, the local Lib Dems have been um, against it for years. As well, um, the local Dem, Dem party was the only local party who sent a petition into Westminster against it. So they put their names down and they sent that in. So we have been very vocal about it, both in the press, both to Westminster, and I will continue to represent my constituents' views on those fronts. Okay, thank you very much. Well, okay, we've got time for one more question. Is there anybody that's got a question that they've had their hand up, but I've kind of missed them a few times? Yes. Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, you sat at the back. Sorry. What are your views against immigrants? Okay, um, what are your views uh, against immigrants? Uh, is there anybody you'd like to start with in particular? or Anybody? Okay, um, what, should, if we start with Ben. Um, sorry. Um, this is Alan. Alan, rather. Sorry, Ben. we start with Alan. Me? If you, if you wanted to start. I don't have any views against immigrants. At all. Um, it's a myth, again, propagated by, as, uh, as Ben calls it, the non dom press, the right-wing press. 80% of the media is right-wing in this country. Um, it says that you know, immigrants are scroungers, they come over here because we've got such a fantastic benefit system. Well, that's not really true. I think the reason why a lot of people come here is because we speak English and the rest of the world learns English as a second language. And so they come here as well because we have a reputation for being fair and giving people a fair go. The members are out there, um, the migration especially from the EU, is a net gain to this economy. Um, what we have is a strain on services because there's been cutbacks, so there aren't enough places in schools and there aren't enough places in the hospitals. But that's not really an immigrant question. There's already, there was already a population growth anyway. We're just not spending the money, tax money that's already being received, um, in the right places. Okay, thank you. Ben, sorry, go for it. Um, well, I, I feel very strongly, actually, that the, uh, the contribution that people from other countries have made to our country is enormous. Sometimes whether they wanted it or not, because of course we used to have a thing called an empire. And if you go around Trafalgar Square and parts of London, you'll see that all of those public buildings were built with the money we made when we had an empire. Now, I'm not going to go around and, and, and be a bleeding heart about the empire, even though I would personally have sort of like to condemn the, the human rights violations that happened during that time. But we have a responsibility because of our place in the world, and I'm very much an internationalist. Uh, I, I don't have uh, the problem others have uh, with Europeans or people from other races coming across here uh, and, uh, and contributing to our economy. I definitely think that it's hypocrisy that if you're against uh, immigration to tourism, and, increasing, uh, and of course you could seem to be um, that, uh, that you don't invest in the border force, so we don't know who comes into the country and who goes out. I've got friends who live in Barcelona on Spanish benefits, and they're British. You know, it's a two-way street, that whole, that whole issue. Um, but the vast majority of people who come over here are not entitled to housing, they are not entitled to benefits, they come over here because they want to work hard and send the money home to their own economies. And that's good, it's a form of redistribution. Uh, and I f feel very concerned, actually, about the tone of this election. It's nationalists versus internationalists. There's a nasty undertone in British politics at the moment, and I blame Alan's party for it in many ways. But I also know, in a way, I blame my own. Because we, <laughs> no, I have to be fair here, because in my, uh, I, we also have to talk to the people who live here and understand what they feel to some degree, too. And 
one of the things we have done is done is house pre people properly in places like this. So they feel hard done by. And while there may not be any evidence for the claim that other, other groups have come and taken their houses, that's what they feel. And we haven't told them that isn't true in a way that convinces them. Okay, thank you. Uh, who would like to go next? Alan or um, Kirsten? Oh, there we go. Go on. Thank you. I think nobody on this panel is going to actually say they're anti-immigrant or against immigrants, right? Um, and it certainly doesn't include me. Uh, and doesn't include actually anybody that I know in UKIP, by the way. The question here is, and once again, UKIP is representing strands of opinion that actually are widespread in the British population and that the existing political leaders not going to represent, right? Our basic story is that we have at the moment an extremely odd immigration policy, which is basically letting one group of people, <coughs> say relatively unskilled people from Eastern Europe, in in very large numbers, and you make sure that people from other cultures like China or India, who are very skilled, can't come in. So that is an act, a very odd policy. It's, out, it's not very sensible. Uh, it prevents Britain from benefiting from the skills that people from around the world would bring to us if they could. And it also is having severe repercussions on elements of the population. There are large numbers of not very skilled people in this country whose wages are being depressed by immigration, and they don't like it. And in a democratic society, they have the right to make that dislike clear. It's not an anti-immigration or an anti-foreign. I think the British are extremely good at assimilating immigrants. I think that, for example, UKIP actually gets quite a lot of votes from second-generation immigrants from previous waves of immigration and so on. Uh, so there are all sorts of different issues here. We in UK actually talk about issues that other people find it quite difficult to do. There is this, we do belong to a, a national community, one uh, uh, which, you know, where people actually wish to retain their identity. And you do hear people in other places, parts of Britain, saying, well, you know, I don't recognize the place I was born in. And that is a legitimate concern in our view. Okay? We think that, that immigration is good, that it ought to be managed in the way that other people, like the Canadians and the Australians, who are perfectly sensible and have quite high levels of immigration, have managed it so that you disproportionately get more skilled people coming in. We're also, and Nigel Farage made this very clear, in favour of letting in refugees, in particular, for example, Christian refugees from the Middle East, where people are having a terrible time there at the moment, uh, into the country. So we don't intend to abandon the country's uh, libertarian and humanitarian traditions in this respect. But we disbelieve that, that it is uncontrolled. Uh, it is not fair on certain elements of our own population, and it ought to be properly managed. Okay. Thank you. Kirsten? So, the question was, are you against immigrants? I'm an immigrant, so no, I'm not. <laughs> and I wrote a blog recently called We Are the World, because I think this country does need immigrants, and actually I think it reflects how the world is nowadays. Many of you will travel abroad, you might study abroad, you might marry someone from a different country. We are an integrated world nowadays. And what bothers me about the immigrant question is that it becomes us and them. It doesn't become we, which is what the world is nowadays. So liberal Democrats are for a very inclusive world, and we want to encourage people of all kinds to come to this country, just like all of us go out there and go to Australia or to the States, or, you know, we have fun doing things, so it needs to be balanced, doesn't it? When it comes to specific Lib Dem policies, we want to um, introduce border checks when people leave because um, that needs to be tightened up a bit so that we know who's leaving the country. So we'll have stronger border checks. Um, the other thing that we want to do is we want to end indefinite detention for people that are coming for immigration purposes. Um, that What we did in this government was we stopped child detention, so children are not allowed to be detained in detention centers. And now we want to stop indefinite detention for anybody. We just don't think the system's fair. We want to make it much more fair where people's cases um, are looked at much more quickly um, and that there's a, a, a more streamlined process for those who are seeking asylum in this country. Um, 
I think that we need immigrants in the country. They've brought so much to the economy. Um, and yes, yeah, so we're very proud. <coughs> we're internationalists, and we're for people like me who happen to be immigrants. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so that is the last question. I'm sorry if, uh, for those of you who, who may have had your hand up and haven't had a chance, um, over lunch, uh, I believe uh, you guys are staying over lunch, um, so you'll have uh, plenty of opportunity through, through the lunch period to um, capture each one of these guys and, and ask them uh, any questions you want to. One quick question for you guys as an audience. If you could give a, a, a raise of hands, just as an initial sort of feeling about, has this changed the way that you think or that you're feeling about the general election coming up, whether you're going to vote or, or even politics as a whole? Or how are you going to vote? Or how are you yeah. going to vote? Any, anybody got changed? You know, has anyone changed the way they're feeling or thinking about that? Well, that's encouraging. A couple? <laughs> okay. Fantastic. <laughs>